0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week, we're having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, we are joined by Katie, who is a doula. Now if you're not sure what a doula even is, if you are considering using one for now or later, this episode is for you. Katie will explain how doulas can help throughout pregnancy and labor and share some of her experiences. Hope you will enjoy this episode. I know I say this all the time, but for you it's free and for me it is truly helpful. So the best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure for daily positive education contents. Now that it's said and that you all went and subscribed, Let's begin. Maman, maman, on fait cette
0: chanson.
1: Papa, papa, en faisant cette chanson.
0: Maman, papa. Maman, papa.
2: Hi Katie, how are you today? Hi Julie, I'm fine, thank you. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. Very happy to have you on today. Um, But before we jump in, could you please introduce yourself?
2: Yes, um, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for asking me to do this for you and with you. Um, So I'm Katie uh, and I have um, a doula organisation called Every Birth Matters. Um, So I work in uh, the UK as a doula. So that's a birth and postnatal doula. Um, And as part of what I do, so a doula is about supporting a pregnant woman or person through their pregnancy, um, through their birth. So we're present at their birth um, and also the role of a postnatal doula is to support new families, nurturing them and offering them support in those very early days of parenting. Um, As part of that, I also founded a charity in England as well called Positive Birthing and Beyond um, to help support families that don't have access to um, sort of private antenatal education or families that feel that they're struggling and don't know enough about um, the support that they feel they need during their pregnancy. So we run classes and we run postnatal activities as well that are free of charge for people. And I also have a lot of experience from the voluntary sector as well um, to supporting families. Um, And I also train new doulas as well. Um, I'm part of a membership called Doula UK. Um, So just so that if anybody does want to know more about doulas, they can go to my website or visit Doula UK, which is an organisation for the UK, which um, has listings for doulas that might be in different people's areas.
1: Great, very helpful. We'll definitely put that in the description box. Um, could you please talk about exactly your role as a doula and also maybe the differences from what you get at the hospital You know, when you're about to give birth?
2: Yeah, um, so doulas are quite different across, uh, well, we're, we're the same, so doulas are doulas, but the way doulas work, um, is um, we work all across the world. So you'll find doulas in every country. Um, So everyone will know perhaps whether they've heard of a doula before or not. Now in the UK, we are still sort of educating and people are learning still a lot more about doulas and their role and how they might help support someone through pregnancy. Um, But the most important thing to point out to people is that doulas are not midwives. Okay, so midwives carry that clinical, um, sort of responsibility but we don't do that we are lay people um, so we're like a professional birth partner um, and it's really important to sort of point that out because um, it's actually illegal in the UK for a doula to be seen as acting as a midwife so that is not our role at all. A doula comes in and they are part of offering um, a pregnant person and their, their, their partner um, practical support So that practical support um, in the antenatal period can look like antenatal education, you know, so talking through what to expect at birth, um, talking through how babies are actually born, um, especially for first time people um, that are not really sure on that or they might not have accessed any education. Um, And also that practical support actually in labour. Um, So massage, supporting people in the shower, supporting people with changing positions, supporting people, however they feel they want that practical support to be. Whatever that person that's going through labor at the time, whatever practical support they feel they need. Um, And then afterwards as well, that practical support around um, infant feeding. So how someone chooses to feed their baby that practical support in healing and recovery after birth, whichever way that might be, whether that be that someone's had a vaginal delivery or whether someone's had a caesarean section. Um, And then you're looking at the emotional aspects as well. So a lot of my work, especially in the antenatal period, so when someone is pregnant, is to be having conversations around what their worries are or what their fears are around, Um, around their pregnancy, around labour, around birth. Um, And that's a really important thing because a lot of people tend to choose doulas because um, they're worried about how they might be treated in labour. They have fears of, of going into hospital and giving birth or they might feel that they want some more positively charged support around their emotions for having something like a home birth. know Mm because people not everybody goes into hospital and has their baby so some people want that emotional support to to support them to in their decisions to birth at home um emotional support then obviously um in labor and childbirth women and people can become quite vulnerable as they're going through um you know their labor strengthening becoming stronger some people experience different levels of pain um And so that they're looking for that emotional comfort. They're looking for that someone to say, it's okay, I've got you. I'm watching the space. I'm supporting you. You're doing ever so well. You're doing really, really well. Um, And I also chip in there as well with the emotional support for their partner. So their partner is usually the person that they're intimate with. So their husband um, or, or it could be that it's another family member, like a mother or a sister. Um, but our emotional support goes is, is extended to them as well because sometimes they're apprehensive, they're nervous, and they're worried about what to expect because they just don't know what to do, um, or they feel quite overwhelmed with seeing their partner experience labour as they are, um, and then obviously you know depending on you know if labour's quite straightforward or if there's interventions that are required. Again, our emotional support extends for that as well. Um, And then once the the people have had their babies, um, the emotions that come then with having a new baby to look after. Um, I've got this precious little baby here that I'm now responsible for, and uh, Mm -hmm. what do I do? How do I feel about that? Um, And that again, the emotional support extends via um, uh, face-to-face support. It can be telephone support, it can be tech support. Um, but supporting them with their infant feeding choices again, because sometimes that can be quite emotional for people as well. Um, supporting them with the experience they've had, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about positive birth, but sometimes for people, it's not positive. It doesn't feel positive. Um, and then the other part of our role is about information. So as doulas, you know, as I said, we, we're not clinically trained like midwives are, um, our role is about providing information to people as they need it so if if i have a particular client wanting to know more about um, group b strep or something like that it's about being able to provide them with non-biased information evidence-based information that can help them make an informed choice about what care they want to receive or what care plan they want in place for when they have their babies Um, because people people want to feel informed about the decisions that that they're making you know Mm -hmm. um one of the most important things I think for people that book doulas is that they like that continuity they like to have that person that they're building a relationship with you know um so if someone books me we get to know each other We talk about lots of different, we we spend time getting to know each other, talking about all those different fears and offering reassurances um, so that when you turn up there with, when they're in labour, whether that be at home or hospital, you're that familiar person that they know they can trust to support them in their wishes, the way that they feel that they need to be supported. Um, We don't go in and take over. Um, so we don't go in and take over the, the, um, the primary birth partner, as I said before, which is sometimes their intimate partner, their, their husband. Um, but our role is to go in and hold the space for people to be able to comfortably move around and, and go with the flow of their labour or their birth. And that might sound a bit sort of like hippie style because sometimes people can sometimes think about doulas being connected to like hippies and things like that but actually it's not just about that some some people book doulas and are planning a very medicalized birth you know they want pain relief they want epidurals they're having inductions of labor so um uh, but they still want to do that and as a doula that the most important part of my role is to support people's choices You know, I would never go in and say, well, I wouldn't have an epidural because that's not my choice. My role is to support them with information so that they can make the right choice for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's really important sometimes, because actually when you do that, when you give people the information to make those choices themselves, you find that they become empowered. they become more confident in making those decisions so they feel more confident in knowing that they can do it um so that's a really important aspect of our role and the other thing to think about as well is that as i said you know we're not midwives but our intentions as doulas is to go in and work really well with midwives um and so when you think about the emotional and practical support of a doula in the birth space and then your midwifery care who are doing those clinical observations and making sure that, you know, um, that, that mother and that baby are well during labor. Um, actually when you bring the doula and the midwife together, you actually form a really good partnership, um, because you're, you're both able to offer aspects of, um, of care that will Mm -hmm. empower that person and make way for a positive experience you know there there is some research out there and I will send you the link for it that shows that having a professional lay person such as a doula um can actually have good positive outcomes you know so less um less interventions you know in labor um less people needing to have a cesarean section um so there's there's those positive aspects to having a doula support you. And, you know, we are, um, we are all about helping support people through what their wishes are. You know, as I said, we don't go in and tell people what to do. um, And we support them going through, through their labour. And I did mention that our role was postnatal as well. So once people have had their babies, um, We can go in and support them sort of becoming that new family, you know, Mm. understanding around their choices for infant feeding um, and how how to do that. Um, We can support them with the practical aspects of in their home, you know, making sure they feel that they've they've got good nutrition, um, that they're resting. We can help with light duties in the home. Um, A lot of people just want that emotional reassurance as well. To know that they are doing the right thing um, and that they're, they're, they're doing okay, um, especially for new parents. But one of the most important things I found as well, especially sort of um, not, not first time parents, but when you've got parents that are coming to you sort of like the second and third, a lot of the time they come to you because they've had a poor experience with their first babies. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we're unpicking some of the emotions around that as well Um, you know we're listening to people talk about the traumas that they've experienced Mm -hmm. prior to coming to you because they don't want that to happen to them again you know and it's simple things like um, you know I told my healthcare professional this and they didn't listen to me so people people are booking doulas because they want to feel heard in their care um, and that worries them that if they can't communicate or their partner can't advocate for them that they know that a doula will be able to support them in communicating what they to, you know what they want or what they don't want um, we work on behalf of the client so doulas are self-employed they're independent we work on behalf of the client we don't work for the nhs Um, in the UK there are a couple of doulas that work in the NHS but it's very few it's probably a handful if that um, so doulas are primarily employed by um, the person that wants to you know wants the doula Mm -hmm. Um, and so so our our role is as I said to be that familiar face um, and support people with their wishes Um, it's We don't take on the responsibility of clinically assessing anyone. Um, We're just really there to listen and support choice as well. Um, So, so sort of within our role, a lot more people now are coming forward to become doula's because of their experiences that they've Mm. had, which is very familiar for me. You know, I had. Um, I've I've got five children and with my fourth child I had a really good empowering experience and that's how I came into being a doula because Mm. I wanted people to be able to have that support to actually come out of their birth feeling great, feeling supported, very well supported Um, and that's a really important um, part of our role is to understand that actually you know one in three people um will actually state that their birth was traumatic um, so when you think of people that are experiencing that and and then going into parents their children or then going on to have other children they're actually carrying that a lot of that mental health with them as well um, mm-hmm. so it's really important that we acknowledge that and that's not saying that doulas go in and say well because you've got a doula you won't experience trauma but actually it helps sort of lessen the chances of that happening because people feel supported they feel like they can talk um or they and they feel that they can say actually no that 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 care that you're offering me right now isn't isn't what I want Mm. um I mentioned as well that um you know as a doula we we support people that give birth in many different places Um, so when we think about birth primarily we think that people are going into hospital You know, we're socially conditioned to think that, you know, hospital uh, birth, you're having a baby, you're going into hospital. Um, But actually, we forget that not so long ago, 50, 60 years ago, uh, people were giving birth in their home with next door neighbours coming around and supporting people. You know, we have to sort of like look at birth isn't always this medical event. Yes, some some women have medical conditions that need to be monitored. Sometimes babies do as well, which is absolutely fine. But birth is a normal process. It's a normal thing to happen. And when you've got a person that is pregnant and they are healthy and well, um, then actually we should be supporting those people to have their babies in maternity led units, birth centers, and the most safest best place for them at home, you know, in Mm -hmm. their own home environment. Um, and lots of people um, can choose to to do that sort of using birth pools. They can move around freely. You know, when we think about our home, it's our, our, our safe space, isn't it? You know, it's a, an environment that we control, that we feel safest in. Um, and I would say that definitely over the last sort of 12 months, I know that home births have sometimes been restricted in places with COVID. But for mm-hmm. me as a doula, I've primarily been working in home birth. Uh, so a lot of people have been choosing to, to go with home birth and and be safest in their, you know, own environment, um, which has been really important for people to have that choice to do that rather than going into hospital. Um, so our role isn't to say, yes, you should go into hospital or not. Our role is to support people in whatever choices and if that means a home birth then we support home birth as well. And I know sometimes people can feel a bit funny about having their babies at home, but actually, you know, women still do and um, it can be a really fulfilling experience for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, our role isn't at that point to attend the home birth like we're midwives because that's not what we do. Our role is to accompany, you know, the midwives would turn up as well. They would facilitate their role whilst we carry on doing that practical, emotional and informational um support for people um whilst they're whilst they're going through labor
1: mm, okay so you're basically an expert you've seen so many deliveries so many <laughs> birth um so people reach out to you do they like how does it work exactly are, are they asking you like oh i need help with this this and this or sometimes maybe they don't even know what they need help for with but they know they need help how so how does it work work in terms of you know timing sessions um how how do you assess also maybe like what they need
2: yeah it's it's, it's really that's a really important thing because a lot of a lot of the sessions i run are are um client-led you know so obviously there's questions that i will ask about in the the antenatal session. So as as a rule, I usually offer two antenatal sessions. Um, So once someone decides that they want to book me, and as I said before, they can decide because um, they've had a bad experience before and they they want that extra support this time because they don't want that that to happen to them again. Um, and Or sometimes people might have heard an experience from a friend or someone might have said to them, oh, you should think about getting a doula um so when they first get in touch with us usually they're coming with an idea of what they want to do for. you -hmm. know um they might at that point want to know a bit more about our role for clarification but I always find the most important conversation to have as well at that point is usually with their partner because I think partners sometimes need reassurance in knowing that we're not there to take over you know we're not there to take over your spot you know um actually were there for me to support you but also for us to work together to really make sure she feels supported in every way um so that she can get on and do what she needs to do to birth mm-hmm.
1: and maybe also help the father take yeah. his place within because i always think it must be also a bit i don't know uncomfortable maybe sometimes because the the woman has the baby like inside and then maybe breastfeeding or feeding or and then you know there's like this whole bond and then Mm -hmm. I wonder how you know you can also take your space and take your place in the pregnancy and then um after (laughs)
2: absolutely that is a really good question you know good thing to state because a lot of pe- a lot of um husbands or dads can feel sometimes you know what is my place here what can I do if I'm not if I'm not feeding the baby with the bottle sort of thing what else is there for me to do mm-hmm. and actually our role is to support and empower you know those people to be able to know that you know they can bath their babies they can have skin to skin with their babies um you know they can sort of wear their baby in a sling if they want to and still sing to their baby and and there's lots of other aspects um but when we look at sort of thinking around um the birth aspect you know sometimes they don't know how they're going to feel if they've never been in the birth room before when you're seeing your partner and I talk about pain very loosely because I teach hypnobirthing as well and I know that everybody experiences pain differently you know some people um won't won't necessarily feel pain as pain as painful it would what it would be for the next person Um, but when they see see their partner going through um through birth through labor um which can for some be very you know quite painful actually it's hard for them to think about how they how i just want to be able to take it away i want to take Mm. that pain away from you i don't want you to experience this and and so sometimes if 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 somebody's feeling quite vulnerable and they're like i just want an epidural you know actually it'd be like okay just get the epidural you know whereas some sometimes doulas don't think that way we think more of okay something's you're not comfortable something's not right how can i help make you more comfortable Um, especially if you've had a conversation in the antenatal period where they've said to you i don't want an epidural you know you have to be able to say to them so what do i do if you say to me I want an epidural you know uh, because your sensations Mm. change when you're in labor now (laughs) you know for me that's really important for me to understand because if you're getting to that point it's telling me you're not comfortable with something so how can I help make you more comfortable
1: Mm. yeah how do we know it's like really too much and I really want the epidural or is it just like an you know
0: yeah. Bit, and if, get,
2: if the person really genuinely wants the epidural, that's absolutely mm-hmm. fine. You know, I'm not going to say no, or we'll take that away from you. But if you've said to me in the antenatal session that you don't want it, how do we manage that in labour when you're feeling that vulnerable and you're feeling at that point that you need it? Um, and and I think that's what people also appreciate is that my role isn't to just say, yeah, go on, give it the epidural then, because if we've had that conversation We've opened it up. And I think that's sometimes perhaps what some couples don't do is talk about talk about being in labour and what they want, what their expectations of their partner are, you know. Um, But most certainly, you know, some doolers are happy sitting in the corner of a room because they're not needed, you know, to be next to mum holding her hand or whatever or giving a massage. Some doulas are very hands on doing massage, you know, um, doing positive affirmations and scripts and things like that. So it it just all depends on what that person wants, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, we're protecting the space. We're making sure the space is comfortable for as they need it. You know, whether that be the lights drawn low, whether that be some music on in the background, uh, whether she wants to be in the pool or in the shower, you know, whatever it might be um so when people come to book us it's very much of sort of at that point really understanding i think what the role of a doula is with some idea as to why they think they can benefit from having a doula um and so once we start that process of supporting someone when when someone sort of books me at that point i always say to them you know keep in touch let me know when you have an appointment or a scan because it's I'm here. You know, I'm. You're not just booking me for these certain times. We have that open conversation, and if you need to talk anything through, we'll ha- we'll mm-hmm. book in some time to have a telephone chat. But primarily, I offer to face-to-face visits in people's homes, and as I said, that is a time for us to get to know each other. Um, for us to talk through their fears for for me to deliver antenatal education um, so sometimes I'll bring some little like a pelvis and a doll with me you know just to just give it like a demonstration we'll talk about infant feeding we'll talk about mental health um, and we, so we talk about lots of different things the most important thing for me as well is to gather where that person's at and what they already know you know there's no point in me trying mm-hmm. to repeat things that they already know Uh, And so we create that open dialogue of of conversation whilst building trust at the same time. Mm, Um, Yeah. So when when we go through those antenatal antenatal sessions, it's very much led by that person. There are things that I can include in that, um, but I always gather where they're at first. Once the person gets to 38 weeks of pregnancy, usually that is the time when a doula will go on call. So we call that an on-call period. Um, So on call for me as a norm, usually is 38 weeks to 42 weeks of pregnancy. So being on call means that that person can phone me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because I am waiting for them to let me know that they think labour's starting. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because when you're on call, obviously you're expecting to go to that person at any point so we still carry on and live our life as we need to. Um, but actually at that point, we're waiting for the phone to ring to say things are starting. And that might be that the person's waters have released. So the amniotic, um, the fluids, the waters yeah. that surround the baby. Or it might be that she's starting to get a few niggles that are, that are, not, that are new to her. Um, so when she lets us know, when she lets the doula know, we then wait for the second call. Um, unless they're calling us at that point because labour all of a sudden has advanced very quickly Um, we then wait for the second call so once that second call comes in it's usually a case of you know things have ramped up now we feel that we need you with us Um, can you come and join us so at that point I would go and join um, them both whether that be at home or whether that be at the hospital or the midwifery Mm -hmm. led unit wherever they're having their baby and my role then is to then go into the home and support them throughout that duration until babies arrived. Mm. Now, as you, you might know, Julie, no, no birth is ever eight, just eight hours long. <laughs> <laughs> no, You yes. can be with someone for 24 hours. You can be with someone for four hours.
1: So that's my next question is how many people are you helping at the same time because you know it could happen for example that they both give birth at the same time
2: (laughs) really really good point to bring up because um so sometimes people doulas will only take on one client at a time um but some uh, i've done it myself i've had two at a time before and i think the one time was very close it was about 18 hours between them so i got home had a rest and then i was called out about 18 hours later um Now, when someone books you, obviously, um, the way I work is if someone books me, um, then I commit as long as obviously I'm free that time, I let them know my availability um, and I commit to supporting them. If a second person comes along and says, well, I'm due the same time, but I really like to book you. Um, then what we can do is we can put in a package of care where it's shared care or we can have a backup doula. So shared care is where you would have two doulas. Um, so one would, one would come and join you and then perhaps once that if that person was called out to another birth, then the other doula would come um, or, or um, you'd have a backup doula. So if you uh, were away on holiday or if you was called to another birth, they know that there's another doula that would come to them so they would meet them as well and get to know them um but again a backup doula is always at the client's choice you know they don't have to have that in place if they don't want to um Mm because some people might not want that they might not want another person as well um so it's up to the second client then to understand the risks of of what that might look like if you were called to your first client that booked you um but luckily oh touch wood (laughs) that that hasn't (laughs) happened to me um but it might have happened to some others but again sometimes we've got to talk it through we always talk things through um and make clients aware of of different situations um that that could arise uh because you just never know but um, as i said birth is you can never put a time frame on it um and every every person's different um and, and that can be the same for first babies or second, third, whichever. Um, but the most important thing is that people know that they've got that support that's there with them. Um, once babies have arrived, I always support people in um, going into the shower if they want to have a shower um, or uh, especially around feeding as well. So skin to skin. So once mm-hmm. babies arrive, supporting that what we call the golden hour where babies are. With their, with their mother on their chest, um, skin to skin, um, supporting that initiation of, of feeding when they're ready, um, and just keeping baby there for that, for that comfort, um, and, for, and for that mother as well, for them to be there, um, to, to support them in that time together. Um, and the most important thing when we think about the golden hour is it doesn't just finish after that hour it goes beyond that you know skin to skin Mm -hmm. at any point with your new baby is always of benefit Um, and supporting their partner to be part of that as well Um, and once once people are settled once once they're you know they're settled and they've had that golden hour and they've had a shower if that's what they want to do or they're comfortable um, then I tend to sort of leave and just check that they're okay and that they can always call me on the phone if they need to Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's nice as doulas to be able to step back and just leave that new family to just be at that point uh, whether that be in hospital or at home um, and as I said before you know our, our our role isn't just always about natural vaginal birth um, we you know as a doula I support with cesarean sections as well you know whether that be a planned c section or whether it be that that it, birth that we're supporting Mm. results in a c-section you know so we don't just up and leave um you know we'll always go on and continue to support people whichever mode of delivery they choose or happens to to um to be really Mm.
1: and so from all your uh experience is there like a particular memorable one that you would like to share today
2: um so I have been very privileged to have been at the births that I've been at Um, and I feel that I've had a really good connection with the families that I've worked with and the families that I've booked and I've I've got some amazing friendships from it as well Um, with, with people that have booked me and with midwives and healthcare professionals um, because again, my role is to go in and just, you know, to work together, to have these good, positive outcomes for people. Um, I would probably say my most memorable one, <clears throat> and this is when I knew that actually the relationship with a client is really, really key. Um, so I got called to a home birth. Um, it was a planned home birth. Um, so I got called out, uh, and I arrived there and, um, the mother was, uh, sort of, um, just moving about as she was, you know, she was free to use her space. The pool was filling up in the background and the lights were quiet. I mean, The the music was quiet and it was lightly dimmed. Um, so I went straight in and, and dad was on the phone to the midwives and he was sort of like filling the pool as well. Um, so I came in and I was supporting, um, my client uh, just going going with her flow, holding her hand, uh, and her waters went. That was fine, and she was like, "I feel like I need to get in the pool now." I was like, "That's absolutely mm-hmm. fine." Uh, now this was I'm talking. This was very quick. This was like within an hour. Um, okay. So she gets into the pool uh, and she starts to feel the urge to push. Um, so we're like, "Okay, this is fine." Um, so dad then gets back on the phone to the midwives while she's in the pool. And, and we're like, you know, okay, this is okay. Just go, go with your body, mm-hmm. you know, um, do what you need to do. Um, it's not my place to try and stop you. And at that point, um, I knew we had that instant connection of trust. I didn't feel panicked. I didn't feel worried that this baby could be here before the midwives get here. Um, and so dad came back in the room and, and, and mum started to feel that transition from, you know, baby's on the way now, I can feel it coming. And her noises changed as well. So you can you can tend to sort of hear and see um, when when babies are literally about to come out. Um, and so she started to bear down. Um, and then literally the midwife arrived as the baby's head was being born wow and it was so like um you i can't describe it because it it, it was just a case of it's, you know i couldn't stop it in any way and there was no way i would ever try and like interfere but she just felt it, it, and you it makes you think about everything was so right you know the space mm-hmm. she felt supported Um, she'd done preparation in tune
1: with her body like that's huge yeah
2: that's what your body was doing she'd done hypnobirthing so she was she was breathing beautifully she was in control she felt she felt powerful um her head started to be born and the midwife literally came in threw everything down put gloves on and she she received her own baby she picked up her own baby in the pool and put baby straight skin to skin baby let out a cry and it was like this is it you know so easy for the midwife sort of thing but and and so everything contributed to that you know there was no stress or tension and that's really important as well is to you know whether someone's hypnobirthing or not is to really try to limit stress and tension on the person that's laboring because you know they, they shouldn't when you introduce stress and tension you introduce lots of other things that you know can sort of like contribute to sort of things going wrong someone feel feeling panicked um mm. and and you know we, we we go back to thinking about those the, the hormones the oxytocin hormones for labor you know does she feel loved does she feel supported does she feel like she can really let her flow um and that's that's one of the most important things really is mm. that someone feels supported to do that um, Sounds and like yeah, a they, dream. <laughs> yeah, I was born and, and skin to skin and feeding and and you know the midwives went and it was great. I think I was only there five hours, <laughs> you know. Um, and and so when you walk away as well, um, and you see that new family sort of feeding and uh, and just the the one time I left a home birth, it was about four thirty in the morning. It was um in the month of June, so the sun was just rising. And I'd left them in bed with tea and toast and nurturing and, you know, snuggling in as a new family. And it was like, that is one of the most like amazing feelings ever, knowing that Mm. they're there comfortable and that you, we we were part, I was part of that journey. You know, it wasn't my journey. I was just welcomed into being part of it. Um, And that's one of the most privileged things really as being a doula. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're not, we're not in it for um to tell people what to do Uh, you know doulas shouldn't be acting like that we don't tell people what to do we are there to try and enhance that positive birth experience um and the most important thing really for a doula is to be passionate about supporting women and pregnant people and their families through through their pregnancies and into those early days of parenting um you know it's just unfortunate that sometimes people do have Sort of bad experiences and negative experiences that um, contribute towards them wanting a doula, but actually we mm-hmm. know that doulas do have benefits. Um, they, we benefit everyone. You know, it's not just about the person that's birthing. We, we we're there as a benefit for everyone. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's a really privileged role to have and be part mm. of these journeys.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And is there any advice they would like to share?
2: Yeah, um, obviously, people, if you are looking at getting a doula or you're having a baby, then look at getting a doula. Um, but I think one of the most important things to think about if you know, if people have a doula, then that's great. You know, doulas do come um, with a cost. Um, when you weigh up the cost of a doula, um, you know, it's really important to think about how much cost other things are as well, you know. And we are on call for a four week period. Um, and, and doulas are they don't cost the earth but at the same time we we you're we, investing your money and time into us investing our time into you um, so mm-hmm. everyone that I've come across that has a doula always talks about it positively being you know the best way they've ever spent whatever they've spent on having a doula now you can get mentored doulas and recognized doulas in the UK so you get mentored doulas that are just starting out um, and this is through Dooley UK. And you can get do, some doulas that I'll recognise and that've got some experience of and years of supporting many different births behind them. Um, but if you're if you're at the point where you that's not really for you and that's absolutely fine. You know, um, some things to think about is knowing that um, actually I can make it's really important when I make decisions that I feel informed. And sometimes the language that surrounds maternity care from healthcare professionals in maternity can sometimes be quite negative. So things mm-hmm. like um, people being told "you're not allowed to do that," or "if I was you, I wouldn't do that," you know. So we use, sometimes negative language is used. Um, so what I would say to people is: to one, always feel informed um, about the decisions that you can make. You know, you you are in charge, you are responsible for making the decisions around your care. Um, So don't ever feel that you shouldn't ask why. Um, And that's the next one. Always ask why, you know, and when you do ask why, ask for evidence based information, you know, um, not biased information that because it suits the healthcare professional, that that's what you should do. So where's Mm -hmm. the evidence to back that up? Where's the evidence to to, so that I can make a, a more... Um, informed decision of what I want. The other thing to think about is the NICE guidelines. So the National Institute of Clinical Excellence, um, you can always go and have a look online at what they advise, because sometimes that's quite different to what the hospital guidance is. So if ever something's been suggested to you, you can always go to the NICE guidelines. Um, And the other thing that I would also say is that if somebody is suggesting an assessment or an examination of you or you know to to do on you whether that be something like a blood test or one of the big things is around vaginal examinations so um, when people go into labor we always have this expectation that i will have an examiner a vaginal examination to see you know how far dilated i am actually healthcare professionals should seek consent to do that so whenever anyone is doing an assessment Mm -hmm. or an examination Um, they should always be explaining to you why they want to do it and do you give consent for me to do that Mm -hmm. so it's always again your choice and the last thing I would say for people is um, when you're planning your baby and you're planning your your birth and thinking about your wishes do put together some birth wishes so that's where you can communicate to your care providers what your wishes are this is what we would like for our pregnancy and our birth um but have get together you know with your with your husband or your mom or your sister whoever it is that's supporting you in the birth room just like you would with your doula and sit and talk about things talk about what you're expecting talk about what pain relief you might decide to use talk about what positions you might like to get in you know do you think you might like to be on the bed or do you think you might like to sort of move around you know some have you seen some of those videos online where people are dancing through their labor you know Mm -hmm. because they're going with the flow of what they want to do which is fantastic you know so have those conversations I I, I would call it like a pre-birth meeting or something like that you know so meet with your partners The birth partners that you're going to have with you. I know it's been restricted through COVID, but fingers crossed it's getting a little bit easier. But have a chat and talk about those expectations, talk about those things, talk about, you know, if I'm feeling like I'm being told what to do or I'm feeling like I'm being coerced into making a decision I don't want, I'm going to tell you about it and I need you to be in my corner because that's where I think some people struggle. But when you've got a partner that's understands what the expectation is of them mm-hmm. then actually they're more likely to be quite hand you know quite hands-on or quite yeah perspective of the birth space um and so they, they they feel more confident themselves that they can support that person that's going through labor um but you know you can always um go on the Doula uk website as well and have a chat with With any doula's that are in your area, and see if it is for you. You know, and if not, be proactive. You know, be proactive, have conversations, and have positive conversations. Because a lot of the time, we still hear negative stories about people's experiences, Mm -hmm. and it's so unfortunate that people are experiencing these things. Um, And it doesn't have to be that way. There are there are other ways that we can help support people. With those positive birth experiences no matter how they decide to give birth you know uh, as i said before medicalized or not it is about supporting informed choice and making sure that people consent to their you know to um their care um mm. so yeah those are the things that i would suggest
0: <laughs>
1: great thank you so much katie i think it's super helpful it will be very helpful to for current and future birth plans i'm sure for a lot of people listening so very valuable information and thank you so much for sharing your journey and yeah amazing
2: you're welcome (laughs) thank you so Um, much you're welcome
1: thank you so much for listening feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know if you enjoyed this episode then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on apple podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already that's it for me, see you soon with the next episode and in the meantime, have a lovely day.